Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Here and There podcast. I'm your host, D. Um, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you guys tune in for another episode with your boy. Before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting and peeping the podcast. It means a lot to me. I don't take it for granted. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But moving on to the episode today, I'm really excited. I'm actually very, very excited about today's episode. This is my first feature guest, I believe. Yeah, first feature guest. Yep. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, first time actually doing this, so I'm excited to see how it goes. And I think you guys are going to like the um, guest. I don't even want to call her a guest. Let's just say co-host for the day. Co-host for the day. Uh, we got, yeah, you guys are going to love um, this episode. Uh, my co-host for the day, she's somebody that I know really, really well. Um, she go by the name of Erin. Um, she is a licensed clinical professional counselor working in the Baltimore region. Shout out to Be More. Uh, she currently works as an in-home mental health therapist and benefits counselor. Dang, that's heavy. Um, in her spare time, Erin is involved with her church. Not just involved, she be singing, singing. Oh, um, <laughs> and the host of A Dash of Peace and Colored Talks podcast, found on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, podcast, she just started the A Dash of Peace podcast, which they're both awesome. So please check those out. So Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I'm um I'm excited. I'm really glad that the weather is nice. So all in all, I'm doing really good today. How are you, V? You saying you really glad the weather good? You been outside today or something? I'm going. Okay, I'm actually <laughs> gonna go to a park today. So uh... I'm a little nervous, but it's fine. I'm still gonna wear my mask. So. Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The weather is really nice. I went outside earlier um, to get some food, and the weather was um, amazing. So definitely um, go out there and check that out. Yeah. But yeah, Aaron, I'm glad to have you on. Um, and this topic that we're going to talk about today is a very, very um, good topic. And I know that I I don't have any type of expertise in this topic, so I wanted to bring you on so you can. Um, help the people out because if it was just up to me, it would have been useless, honestly. So uh, <laughs> appreciate you coming on to um, drop some knowledge for the folks. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah. So guys, our topic for topic for the day is uh, let's just, let's just call it our therapy, you know, um, another therapy episode on the podcast. I feel like everybody has done a po- um, podcast episode about therapy, which is great. You can never have enough discussions about therapy. So, um, yeah. that's really, yeah, that's really, really awesome. But before we even dive, um, deep into it, I, I just wanted to start off by asking, um, I know a lot of people that I know personally, a lot of people who, um, listen to the podcast, they might not even know, um, like what therapy is or what goes into, um, into it. So I just wanted to start off by saying, and like asking you, like, what is the purpose of therapy? Like, what are the benefits of it? And why is it so important? V, I'm really excited that this is the first question because the first thing, like the biggest myth that I want to bust about therapy is that you don't go to a therapist for them to tell you what to do. Mm. Like the reason you go to therapy, it's a safe space for you to be able to almost like unload the things that are constantly running through your mind, whether it, I mean, it could be healthy thoughts, they could be kind of negative thoughts, but just a place to put those thoughts and process those thoughts. I've always been taught that a therapist is a bad therapist if they're actually always telling you what to do. 
like our role is to help you work through those things that you're thinking about or the things that you're going through and empower you to make those decisions on your own. And if it turns out that it's not the best decision, then it's a conversation of, well, why is this a continuous cycle? And then you break that down and you keep going. So the benefits of therapy are, it's very empowering. You know, mm. it, it, it helps you grow stronger mentally, physically, emotionally. So it's empowering. It's a neutral space. I can't tell you how many times I might have gone to a friend for advice. And because of the things that I've given them, it's very skewed. Or because they know someone else involved, it becomes very murky waters and the advice might not always be sound. So um, it's a very neutral space where sides aren't taken. It's very just the line is drawn. With a good therapist, the line is drawn. You know what I mean? Um, So neutral space, very empowering. And, you know, you honestly just feel really good after coming out of it. And that sounds really corny, but it's, it's really true. Like the tools that you learn while you're in therapy are things that you can literally apply to every area of your life. Wow. wow. Dang, you know your stuff, girl. Sheesh. <laughs> wow. That right there alone, man. I see. Yeah. I see how you earn your money. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm trying to be. It's hard out here. (laughs) But no, that was great. That was a great breakdown of, um, did you all, did you grow up um, knowing that's something that you wanted to go into or is just, you went to college, you know, it's one of those things where um, you go to college, you try out one, um, you try out, you try something now you're like, oh, no, I don't like that. Let me try this out. And then it works out. Or did you just grow up knowing I want to be a therapist when I grow up? My mom is actually, um, she has her doctorate in psychology. So she's always, um, kind of low key, just been planting things in my head, like as I was going and growing up in school, but I didn't actually want to be a therapist. I wanted to major in communications and, um, health administration in college. And I gave it a shot and I was like, it, maybe it was the university I went to, but I was like, okay, no, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is not for me. Um, so I, went with psychology and I succeeded. And then when I got my bachelor's in it, I was like, there's not much you can do with a bachelor's in psychology. So I took the next step and decided that I was going to go the therapy route. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it. It's hard. It's definitely hard work, but it's, it's very rewarding too. That's awesome. I was just, as you was talking about how your mom um, constantly planted that into your head, I was just thinking about how the household we grow up in can impact, I guess, what we become eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just thinking about how in my household therapy wasn't like it wasn't even brought up. Like that was never a topic. Um, to this day, it's, it's still not really like a topic topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I guess my my question is like, have you have you like find yourself in situations talking to people where that is a lot of their story, especially um, growing up in like, especially working in Baltimore, um, like people like working with our people. You feel me? It's like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us, we don't grow up in households where therapy is a thing. Like it's not it's not an, it's not like a go to option. It's like if the, it's the last, maybe even that an option. You feel me? So, yeah. Have you have you experienced that? And do you think that um, the household, like how we grow up impact? Like basically what we think about therapy now um, as a grown up. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that we're we're very impressionable when we're younger. And so the things that we hear and the things that we see are eventually the things that we take on as our own beliefs unless we decide to challenge um, and go against the grain of what we've always been taught, right? So mm-hmm. even though my mom is a um, a doctor in psychology, I asked to go to therapy when I was younger and it was denied. <laughs> and to this day, I don't really understand why. Um, but wait, no. she told you, she told you no. Yeah. It was just the most bizarre thing. Cause I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I don't know if Yo. it's because there's so many people in my family who are therapists and, and uh, stuff, but I was like, I, I don't, I, I need to talk yeah. to someone who doesn't know any of you, like, <laughs> I need to just, like let loose. Um, so even with that, when it, when it's time for me to like find my own therapist, it, it was like, what, what do, what do I do? How do I do mm-hmm. this? Um, and it, it was kind of weird and not, not, I wouldn't say it wasn't accepted, but it was just like, well, why, why? Like you're a therapist yourself. And mm-hmm. um, uh, sidebar, if you are a therapist, I think that it's very important that you have a therapist um, just because mm-hmm. you take on a lot. But yeah. the, honestly, you would be blown away by the amount of people who don't voluntarily elect themselves into therapy. A lot of Mm -hmm. the time I'm getting clients that are court ordered to do therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, you literally don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Like you, like you're going to go to jail if you do not complete therapy. And I think that in those times, that also builds the stigma of therapy. Like it's saying there's something wrong with me. So I have to do this. Like I can't just live my life. Like they're forcing me to get help. And um, that that's reinforcing the thought that something's wrong, but you don't have to go to therapy. If some, if you think quote unquote, nothing is wrong with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not about something being wrong. It's just about your mental health in general. Um, But we're always taught like, Oh, if X, Y, and Z is going on, then, something's wrong with you and you need to get help. And that's creating the worst stigma. But that's what a lot of people are taking on. And that's what a lot of people are internalizing, which is why people don't want to get therapy. Because who wants to sit there and be like, um, something's wrong with me. I'm not working properly. Something's wrong with me. Like nobody wants to admit that 99% of the time. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. Um, that with that being one of the reason why a lot of people don't want to get therapy. I think another reason is uh, for a lot of people, it's not even it's not available to them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a yeah, that's a whole nother thing. It's like they they know about it. They want to go out. They probably want to go out and try it out, but they don't have the option to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just know like. um not just not just in my country, um, Liberia, but I think a lot of African countries. Um, if if somebody do a research on it, they'll probably find that therapy is close to non-existent. You feel me? Even mm-hmm. in twenty twenty, I hate saying I hate saying that. I hate when when people say something and say the year like over oh, in twenty. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so I hate that. Like oh, we're in twenty twenty, so and so is happening. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna happen twenty twenty one. Um. Okay. But no, like, I feel like a lot of our people, it's not even, it's not even an option for them. So that's why I have a lot of, I know personally, I have a lot of friends who they don't even, they don't, they don't even think about seeking therapy. It's like when you tell them you're going, you're trying to get, um, you're trying to get a therapist, they're looking at you all weird. Like, 
what's wrong with you? Like, why you need a therapist? Are you, right. like, are you, are you good in the head? Like what's going on with that? So I, I find that um, very interesting that that is still going on, even though we do a lot now to like promote getting therapy. I, I, I find it interesting that there is still a stigma uh, with getting therapy. It's like, you'll look that differently once you do. Yeah. And I'm like, like it's, Again, it's another corny analogy, but it's it's the same thing. Like when you go and get a physical, you're going to make sure everything is okay. Like it, nothing mm-hmm. has to be wrong for you to go to the doctor. You're just going as like a checkup. It's the yeah. same thing with your brain. It's the same thing with your car. Like nothing has to be wrong <laughs> with your car, but you go and get a, a tune-up. <laughs> yeah. Like your brain is the same way, bro. Like why are we making people feel bad because they want to check on their brain and their emotional intelligence? There's nothing wrong with that. That that is that is facts. Yeah. Um I just and I I'm in I'm in a group chat with some of my um some of my guys and I was like, yo, I'm doing a uh, I'm doing an episode about therapy and I was actually fascinated by the amount of guys in the chat that were actually like, yo, that is dope. You should do that. Um and they were actually like sending in questions I should ask, like, yo, you should ask this, you should ask that. I'm like, yo, y'all actually interested in this? Because you don't find a lot of men, uh, not even just men, like black men, you feel me? You don't find a lot of yeah. black men who who they're, they're even considering or even have interest um, in therapy. So that's why when I when I see any guy who show interest in that, I'm, I'm honestly intrigued. Like, yo, why are you, like, t- talk to me more about like, why are you so interested in it? Yeah, um, so I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I guess like just just going into that, uh, like, why do you think um, therapy is is kind of becoming more acceptable um, in this generation? Like, why do you think that that is? Hmm, I think that's a really layered question. I think that it's almost like a it's almost like a catch-22 when the media becomes involved, right? Because the media mm-hmm. can spin things so many different ways. But I think yeah. that in a lot of the shows and a lot of the movies that we see, we're starting to see a lot more scenes where people are actually going to therapy. Like, I don't know if you've seen the show um, Never Have I Ever on Netflix, but it's um, this girl and majority of her scenes is she's like running to her therapist like okay so um, let's figure this out blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> and i think that as we begin to see more scenes like that subconsciously mm-hmm. we're saying oh well if they can put it in a tv show like surely i can do it in real life so i think that right. the media has a lot to do with the um acceptability of going to therapy um yeah. and then i think it just takes honestly v i think it takes one person in your circle to just step out and do it, and immediately it's like a ripple effect. That's real. Like That's, you would be yeah. so surprised, like this, like just that stand alone event that you do that then causes other people to look at you and say, "Wow, I've actually been thinking about that, but you actually did it. So now I think I can do it." And then the next person does it, and then the uh-huh. next person does it, and before you know it, people are like. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. So therapy. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing my therapist this Saturday, and it's just really chill, <laughs> and it's it's really cool. But I think it's mostly the media and your circle. Yeah, that's that's where, especially uh, with the media part. I believe social media also plays a huge part in that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like yo, social media um, has an impact on everything. It seems like 
It's um, literally all it takes is for a couple of people to agree with something you say or agree with um, a topic. And then that topic blows up and then you look 20, 30 people already um, doing exactly what that topic says. So I think that is a great point. Um, Social media and yeah, your circle, man, you really never know um, how what you do are impacting the people around you. Um, Because a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times they don't voice it, but they're watching you and they're doing it to see if it actually works before they even tell you that they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So a lot of things that we do, people, people around us, people in our circle, they're like, Oh, why, why is someone so interested in therapy? Mm-hmm. If they're doing it, why? Okay. Maybe I should do it. Cause maybe because everything you have done has been somewhat good, not all good, but some of good. So they're like, Hmm, they have good, they have a good taste. They make good decisions. So maybe if they're trying out therapy, I should try it out. So, I think that is a great, great point. Yeah. Your your circle plays a huge role in in what's influencing you and the actions that you choose to do. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. So just just going from just just sticking with circle, do you think that that also impacts why a lot of um of black men are not vulnerable and not able to share their emotions um because I know for me, just speaking on me personally, it took me a while to even think about um, even looking into therapy or seeing that as an option. And I have, I know a lot of um, men who are like that. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a lot of friends who they look down on therapy. So when, when I saw myself moving out of that circle into circles where um, people are a lot more supportive on, about things like that, I started being more comfortable with doing it. Um, do you think... Um, for a lot of black men that that impacts a decision to um get therapy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it boils back to the two things that we just talked about. I think society places this stigma or or this stereotype on men that you have to be a certain way, and then I think that the supportiveness of your circle really I don't want to say I don't want to say dictate because we're our own people and we make our own decisions, but it definitely influences um the things that we choose to do because I mean, I, I applaud when, when men specifically, especially men of color are, are ready to take that step. Because again, it's not that anything's wrong, but we all, the, the reality of it is, is that statistically in nowadays, everyone has some form of trauma and we consider that called complex trauma. So it could be things that you didn't even think were bothering you when you were younger that are subconsciously dictating the things that you do today. And it could be um, things like your attachment to your caregiver when you're young. If you're not like super attached to a caregiver, that's going to affect how you present yourself in relationships with friends, how you present yourself in relationships with um, romantic partners. Like there's always some form of trauma now. And so being able to step out and go, I think is important. Um, And I think that men maybe don't do this often because the conversations just aren't had, you know, like um, I'm not a guy, so I don't really know (laughs) how guys have conversations, but in my circle Um, with my girls, like we, if we're going through something, we will literally meet up 
have some tea and literally within like five minutes start crying about something that's bothering <laughs> like yeah, and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah like that's just how we are <laughs> so I don't know like what it's like for guys but I think of the conversation of being of it being okay to be like emotional happened then we would see more guys thinking that it's okay to go to therapy you know I, I think it depends on the guy friends you have honestly um, yeah if you really have does. yeah yeah, if you grow, if you if you're just surrounded by a bunch of rah rah fellas, you feel me? Who don't think that it's okay to be emotional? That think it's okay to talk about your problems? Um, when you when you bring up your problems, they're automatically like, "Come on, man, that's nothing. Just just whatever, just shake it off." You feel me? So, um, if you're surrounded by guys like that, then definitely you're you're um you're you're, you're going to be a lot more um defensive when it comes to I'm seeking therapy because you're going to think why do I even need that there's nothing wrong with me you don't see the issues but mm-hmm. if you're yeah if you're surrounded by guys who you can go to and when you talk about your problem they're like okay I I get where you're coming from you know what are some steps we can take to make sure this doesn't happen um they're supportive um towards you I believe that plays a huge that plays a huge role um in being able to open up as a guy because we don't yeah, we don't do what y'all do. You feel me? We don't. <laughs> we don't pull up like, yo, bro. I'm about to pull up. You know, I'm, 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 I, I'm stressing, bro. We gotta talk. Um, we, you feel me? We're not about to pour no tea and and um, cry in five minutes. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so real. But I have a question for you because I know, I know, like we're we're just talking, but like for you, is there a pressure to like uphold certain, uh? like thoughts about how a how a man should be like is is that like some type of pressure that you all feel or is it more like I'm doing me like I don't really care you know what's funny that is a great question great great question interviewer Aaron um <laughs> that is a, you know people I, I, I people ask me a lot about um pressure I've always been somebody who I don't I don't I feel like I don't feel any pressure to do anything um mm. I've always felt like I'm going to do what I want and there's nothing, there's nothing anybody can say or or do to make me feel like I have added pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know growing up, um, being a guy, uh, in an African home, uh, my mom constantly, was, my mom was constantly like, you're not allowed if that's a guy, you're not allowed to cry. Men don't cry. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, it's growing up with that pressure. Just like men don't cry. Men don't, you know, they don't get emotional. You feel me? You're a man. Shake it off. You feel me? So, um, growing up, I know I had to, um, I had that pressure on me, um, in my household. But now as an adult, um, I don't feel pressure, man. I say that about literally everything. And like, I don't feel pressure. Um, I'm gonna do, <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want. Yo, I'm gonna yeah. do what I want. Um, I, I'm gonna do what I know is best. Um, is best for me and the people around me. So if therapy is going to help with that, I'm going to do it. Um, if if I'm going if I'm going to put myself in a in a situation where I seem soft to other guys, but I know it's helping me and the people around me, I don't care. I'm gonna do it. Um, but I do know a lot of um guys um around me. They do feel that pressure, like. You're like you're a guy. You're not supposed to do so and so. You can't do so and so. And mm-hmm. it's a thing. It's real. It happens. But I just know personally for me, um, it's not. 
How do you yeah. feel like the the no crying? Because I mean, I hear that a lot, and I feel like guys get that a lot. How do you feel like having to like press that back down when those feelings would come up has like affected how you are emotionally available as an adult? That's that's a great question again, Aaron. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's that's great. I actually never thought about this until now, but like I feel like. Now, I I don't yeah I don't remember the last time I cried. Um, it's very hard for me to cry. Let me just put it that way. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's that. I don't know if growing up that way has something to do with it, or it's just I don't know, just me and I don't have any tears. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's it's very hard when I'm emotional to um cry. I I, I feel emotions. Um, I get emotional about certain things, of course. Uh, but for me to just cry about it or um, emotionally let it out, it's hard for me to let it out emotionally. Let me put it that way. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that has definitely, like growing up that way has definitely impacted that um, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's literally question. like questions like that pop up in my head all the time. So, okay. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh man, yeah. So I was doing my little research about therapy and um religion. You know, we can never forget religion. Oh, of um, course not. Not with both yeah, of us as involved as we are. I, I know you're you're on the stage like every weekend, but um <laughs> Aaron be singing, singing, y'all. Um, uh, right. But as I was doing uh, my research, um, and I didn't know this, there is actually a huge thing about religion and um, therapy. Like a lot of people, they think if you're getting therapy, um, you're rejecting God and the power of belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, therapy seems, um, another reason is therapy seems like a conflicting belief um, system. And... Um, let me see what else, what else, what else. Um, there's some, there's some bad blood in the history of religion and therapy. Bad blood. Can you imagine bad blood? Um, yeah, that was an interesting one. Apparently, um, Sigmund Freud, um, the father of modern modern psychology, um, he, he used to criticize religion. Um, he made a lot of arguments that upset people of faith. Um, so that's I didn't know there was a, actually a whole thing religion versus therapy going on so uh have you is that something that you had to deal with um you know just um being christian uh loving jesus and also being a therapist like how do you balance um that that lifestyle Ooh, um it's actually <laughs> it's actually very hard to be honest um because on the one hand like as a christian God is calling us to love our neighbors as ourselves and love one another as as he's loved the church. And so when I have clients where our views might might differ a lot, um it takes a lot of stretching. And and it's not so much the fact that like I can't be their therapist like it's gone that far, but it's it it takes a lot of stretching for me to um love beyond my preferences and love beyond um like what, what I feel is quote unquote, right. If that makes sense. Um, so it's really caused me to stretch in, in how I love, how I show love, how, how empathetic I can be to other situations. 
Um, so that's a good thing. But on the other hand, it's really hard because there are some times where I just want to be like, dude, like, let me talk to you about Jesus. And technically I can't because it would be unethical unless they yeah. say that I can. Um, yeah. So it's really, it, it can be really, really hard. Um, especially the, I mean, I get ethics. Like, I, okay. Like I get it. Cool. I got you. Like don't date your clients. Okay. I can handle that. <laughs> but, Yo, whoa, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you're surprised how many like, People get in trouble for dating their clients. It's ridiculous. People are crazy. Wow. Crazy. So, you know, I get that. Okay, cool. Um, but it's like sometimes if like I'm talking with a client and they'll be like, I mean, I prayed, but you know, I don't, I don't think God hears me. In those moments, it's like, well, all right, well, they brought him up. So, can, yeah. can I just say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, in those moments, it's really hard. But there is this especially in the church. And I'm glad you brought this up because I, the, and this, this, the part that really, um, really gets under my skin. And we have a lot to do in the capital C church, like just the body of Christ in general. Um, Uh bro, (laughs) like there, there is this weird double standard of when, just praying is enough. Mm. It's this very, very weird thing where if you're depressed, just pray about it. God will take it away. Mm-hmm. What if his means of taking it away is by you going to get medication because the chemicals are imbalanced in your brain? God manifests healing in many different ways. We see that in the Bible. So who yeah. are we to say, just pray it away? And we don't think that there might be an action paired with that prayer. Mm. Like it doesn't, okay. it doesn't work like that. You see that in the Bible all the time. What I've been realizing, especially like in certain things, it's like a miracle. There, There's a miracle, but it's paired with an action. Facts. Always. Always. It's paired with an action. Right. Pick up your mat. You're healed. Pick up your mat. And what? Yeah. Walk. Yeah. 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 Like Facts. it's always paired with something. So it's, it's, it's crazy to me to think that we just have to quote unquote, pray it away. Yeah. Pray. Mm-hmm. Of course. But sometimes God is calling us to do other things in, in tandem with the prayer. And then we'll, fully see like what he's trying to do in this situation. V, I just I really be feeling some type of I really feel some type of way. And can I also, and maybe we can just spitball this. I don't know. But <laughs> go for it. I also ooh, I feel very strongly. Now granted, some pastors are filled with a lot of wisdom and they are filled with a lot of great clarity and can instruct mm-hmm. and guide and direct people in very, very appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. Not every pastor is equipped to be a therapist. <clears throat> you ain't lying. You ain't no, lying. Not every pastor is equipped to be a therapist. And I think that it sometimes blurs the lines for especially people like fresh in the faith, but I think it blurs the lines because it can, it can cause people to um, like seek their pastor before they seek God. Mm. 
because their pastor is the one feeding them on Sunday mornings. And then maybe you're having like some issues with your family. So you schedule something with your pastor and you bring your wife or your husband and you go and you sit with your pastor and you have your pastor pour into you again. And it, it becomes like constantly like feeding from your pastor instead of feeding from the source. Um, so I feel like that's one thing, but also just going back to it, they're not always equipped to be therapists. Like most pastors yeah. don't take courses to learn how to deal with it. <laughs> like you're not certified in anything. And another thing is most pastors are also too, like, like you're not, you're not about to have a one-on-one with your pastor, bro. Like they're not about to sit with you for a session. A lot of pastors are not available. They don't have the time. They too um, busy. Yeah, and especially if you have a um, a, if you have a huge, a large church, you 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 really cannot tend to every single person. Even if you wanted to, you won't be able to tend to every single person. Mm-hmm. So you, there's always going to be a chance where there's one person or two uh, two people that are being missed. Um, if you feel me from that happening, so yeah. I totally yeah I totally agree with that. And I just that just goes into um, just us as Christian man, just turning to the pastors for every single thing, man. Um, we want them to pray for us, to heal us, to take us into the presence of God, um, to drive us to work. Um, to <laughs> bro, we want the pastors to do everything. Literally, bruh, like, like pick up our they, food, put the food on it. Yeah, they can't. They 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 they're not supposed to like. There's nowhere in the Bible where they're like pastors, but do 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 every single thing for you. And then we turn around and are like, well, pastors do so much, but why, but why so and so pastor? Why, why, why do they have so much in life? You feel me? Why do they have a nice, why do they have a nice house, a nice car? Like, it's like, yo, what do you like? Pick a, pick a side and stay there, bro. Like, 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 what's like, what are you on? It's like, we, we expect so much from pastors. It's like they were never designed, um, to be all that fuzz. And I think that's another issue, man, within the church. Um, man, you'll be amazed by, <laughs> yo, a lot of people, they, they, they only come to church for the pastor. You feel me? That's right. a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic, man. hundred percent. Like <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. They only come to church for the pastor. It's like, we, we have put so much, placed so much pressure on, uh, on our leaders, man. It's like, yeah. and then when, yeah. And then when something happens, we blame them when in the, they they were never designed to take on to take on all that pressure in the first place. So I totally agree with what you said about that. What are your thoughts about the uh, "pray it away" phrase? Um, that's man, you can't like you can't pray. Prayer is, of course, we're not here denying that prayer is important. Man, prayer is very very important. One hundred. Um, please pray, 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 pray ten times a day if you need to pray, mm-hmm. pray. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, but like you said, a lot of people, um, have this belief that you can just pray and something will happen, which is, I mean, that's great. God, we serve a God of miracles. Um, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's capable of making things like, like he's capable of making that happen. You feel me? He can pray to God. He can make it happen within a couple of seconds or he can make it happen within 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, he can do that without our help. But like you said, um, a lot of times we don't we don't actually want to put in the work for those things to happen. Yeah. Uh, we just yeah we just want to pray and sit back, relax, and let it come to our front door. Like you said, you want a new job, but you're just praying for the job. You're not applying to places. 
you're not you're not sharpening up your interview skills. You feel me? You're yes. not working on your, you're not working on your resume. So how are you gonna get that job, bro? How? Like, like of, of I mean, of course, God is gonna make a way for you to um get the interview. Yes, He will do that. And of course, you know, we serve a guy who's capable of um he's making great things happen. But dude, come on now, do your part. Like you can't just go into the interview and not know it. Anything like God's not yeah. a He's not a genie. Like you don't just Bingo. make three wishes like and they happen. Bingo. Like, come on, bro. Bingo. Like like you just can't go into the interview like I've been praying for two weeks and fasting, so I'm finna go in here even though I don't know about this company. I don't know what they do. I don't know. I don't know the job description. I don't know what my my duties will be on a daily. Um, but I'm gonna get it because you know I've been praying and fasting. But like, bro, and then when you don't get it, you're you're looking at God like, oh, God failed me. Like, right. I, I, nah, bro, you failed yourself. God didn't fail you. You failed yourself. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I I totally get that, man. Like the whole just pray about everything is we got to let go of that mindset. A lot of we got to pray and also act on it. It's just yeah. not going to happen um, overnight. So yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Um, and have you, have you also found that, um, I don't know, just being, being a therapist and, um, do you, I think you already spoke about it, but being a therapist and being Christian, do you, do you find, do you find out a lot of your clients are, you try to help a lot of clients who are Christian or you just get clients just from whoever, whoever? Um, I kind of just like get clients now, sometimes like with, with an intake, like they can specify if they do want to talk about religion. Um, mm-hmm. so like sometimes if I see that, then I'll take the client and like, cause mm-hmm. then that's, that's free reign. Like we can, we could like have Bible verses thrown into sessions and like everything mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? So I'll definitely take, um, Christian clients if, if it's like noted that they're Christian. Um, but you, You probably, it's not even surprising. And that's the sad part. But a lot of clients that I have that do end up like bringing up God, it's always from church hurt. Oh, uh, I'm not surprised. And that's so like, it's not surprising, but it's so heartbreaking because it's like, what are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing? Um, And so just, uh, kind of and even sometimes I do get to process the church hurt with with some clients if they're if they're open and willing to do that because they'll they'll recognize like oh man like I feel like I want to go back to church but x mm. y and z and mm-hmm. it's like okay well at least you want to that's that's somewhere to start but I think like being a Christian in this field is not it's not easy and it's it's taken me um it's taken me a little while to, um, not carry their burdens as if they were my own. Um, but I will say that, um, as often as I can, I, I pray before I go into sessions that like the Holy spirit would lead me to be able to help them the best way, um, that I would be given the words to say, um, I I pray for my clients at night just like cuz some of them are dealing with like some really heavy things and you know it's 
in the ways that I can infuse Christ into my practice, I do um, because I would I feel like I would be remiss if I if I didn't. Like, what's yeah. the point of being in this field and being a Christian if I'm not using my relationship with Christ to help? <laughs> like, there would be no point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real. And a lot of times, man, we. We we feel like the field we're in, um, we can't we can't bring our faith into it. But you really never know who like who your coworkers are. You feel me? You really never know who, um, like what they believe in. You'll be surprised, man, by the type of people you interact with, and then you realize that you both actually have the same belief system, and yeah. y'all could have been connecting like for for a while. You feel me over that, and but just because you didn't think that it was possible, you actually never made it happen. So. Mm-hmm. That is a great, great point. But um, before, like, before we wrap it up, are there like any um, resources um, you want to give the people that can help them out? Um, if they want to find, if they want to find therapists, um, I know one of my one of my homeboys. He wanted to ask. Um, he said, with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, um, what are some healthy practices um, we we can maintain mentally as Black men in order to um, continue to thrive? So. Mm. first yeah first you can answer that question i guess second the resources okay um i would say gratitude and Mm. that sounds like so off the wall like what like it's just people of color in general like the we feel like there's so much against us and there is but just having that mindset of gratitude like i find myself when i'm getting really negative i'm not even gonna hold you v like I be getting mad all the time. <laughs> and when I find myself getting like in a super negative space, I immediately stop what I'm doing and I give myself three things I'm grateful for. And if at the end of those three things, I'm still not, my mood has not altered, I keep going and I keep um. going until my mood shifts. And sometimes we get up to like 21 things and that's okay. And sometimes those things are the most random things like, I saw a ladybug today. That was cool. Like it could be the most random things, but whatever I can do to take my mind off of harping on the negative and think about the things that I do have, um, that helps to keep me in a, in a good space a lot of times. Um, so gratitude, mindfulness. Um, I know Christians have an issue with like meditation and stuff, but you don't have to um, <laughs> apply the principles <laughs> to, no. to it. Like you don't have to be like namaste. Like you don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> the principle of mindfulness is bringing yourself to the present moment. So even if that's just chanting Jesus over and over again, since, you know, um, Christians yeah, I mean, always <laughs> tripping on mindfulness and yoga. Um <laughs> You know, like, but what's the issue with yoga? Though? I don't get that. What's the issue with yoga? I don't know. I, I guess think, I gotta do research into that one too. But that's I don't know. I think it's like because of the energy and your chakras and your third, your mind's third eye and like all that stuff. But like, you don't have to. You don't have to do that stuff when you're practicing yoga. Like, just do the stretches. Like, that's it. Um. <laughs> So yeah, so there's that. But mindfulness, um, gratitude. I do this thing that's called grounding, where you basically use all five of your senses, like five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can mm. touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Um, but that's if you're if you're like really that's for like anxiety if you're having an anxiety attack or um, your blood is literally starting to boil under your skin. Um, <laughs> 
So that's next level, bro. Yeah. So I mean, those things. But honestly, the the biggest thing I would say is gratitude. But also, and this is a shameless plug, um, my friend Temi, um, she posts journaling prompts every week. And so, yeah. um, journaling is a really, really great way to like dump out what's on your brain. And so if you need any help jumpstarting that, you should um, check out her her stuff. Facts, oh. facts. Can't tell me nothing.com, right? C A N T T E M I N O T H I N G dot com. I think I spelled it right. Yeah. And um, you can oh, yeah. pick up Let the Stories Begin on Amazon. Yeah. So. <laughs> facts, facts, facts. I'll follow her on, um, on, on Instagram. You know, Can't Tell Me Nothing on Twitter. And you can find the links on there for the um, journal prompts and also the book for sure. Those are those, those yeah, that, those joints definitely help. Yeah, journaling is a is a really really good tool, and it's awesome. non gender like it's a non gender mm-hmm. thing. Guys can do it, girls can do it. It just do it. It's gonna help you. Yeah, facts, facts. Yeah, those are some great. Um, yeah, I, I like that. That was great. Any resources we can like anywhere we can go. Um, to find therapists, I know um of a couple of places, but they might not know. So, like, are there any specific places you feel like they could go and look? So, listen, if you're just getting started, um, one thing that we always say is you can go onto Psychology Today. It has a lot of filters, and you can find one in your area. Um, you can filter whether you'd like a male or a female, um, things like that. But usually, um, like I know with Blue Cross Blue Shield, like if I go into my portal. Um, I can see which therapists actually take my insurance because mm-hmm. that is the one thing that will turn you off from therapy. Your insurance might not cover it. So mm-hmm. see who your insurance covers and then um, start weeding out from there. If you feel like your insurance um, is only going to cover a couple sessions and then you have a skyrocketed copay, I would also try to search for... Um, therapists who do what's called sliding scale, which means that uh, when you come, it will be affordable for you. It's not going to break your bank to get help for your mind. Um, So you could also look for places that do sliding scale. Um, And also kind of just, if you know that you might be dealing with depression or anxiety, or um, you want some help for your ADHD or something like that, I would definitely try to find someone who is specialized in that. Like me, I'm technically right now a general therapist, so I I help with all types of diagnoses. But if you know that this is your specific area, go for someone who has extreme training in that specific area because they're going to be able they they have resources like out the woodwork for you. Mm-hmm. Um so if you can be as tailored as possible, I would definitely do that too. Um, there's lots of places uh, in the Baltimore region. Um, my, I'll, I'll plug where I work. I work for a place called Thrive Behavioral Health, but we only take Medicare and Medicaid. But if you have that, please, mm. by all means, <laughs> right. we're located everywhere. Um, pull up. So, yeah, pull up. Like We'll do an intake and get you started as soon as possible. So I would, what does that mean? Oops. I would um, for sure... Um, Try try those routes. I'm so sorry. 
No, you're good. That's that. Yeah, those are some um, great resources. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that about the insurance thing. So that's um, that's really really awesome. Um, before we go, um, do you want to um, tell the people your um, Instagram um, and also the name of your podcast? I know we spoke about it earlier. And like anything you do that they can check out. Oh yeah, um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Michaela. That's A R Y N underscore M I K A L A. And every Monday, I drop a Dash of Peace devotional, which is on Apple and Spotify. And on Fridays, I am the co-host of um, another podcast called Colored Thoughts Podcast. You can follow that on Instagram as well. It's just Colored Thoughts Podcast. Um, Yeah, you know, um, you know, V, we might have you come on Colored Thoughts because I would love to hear your thoughts about just other areas of life, you know? Because we be talking about me, any and everything. Yeah, y'all let me know, man. I'll try my best, you know, to just to, uh, to say something. Uh, so just, <laughs> just, just, yeah, just let me know whenever. I'm always open to pulling up for sure. Just let me know. Sweet. Yeah, we definitely got to do this again for sure. Oh, yeah, man. This is awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on and blessing the people with the knowledge. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. It was my honor because I know pre- me alone, it would have been a disaster. Um, so, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it would have been a disaster. So I'm like, let me get somebody on here, you feel me? Who knows? Who knows that stuff? Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on um, today and rocking with us. I really, really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> wish you all the best um, with your podcast and everything that you're doing, man. Pray for the best um, for you and the fam. Hope you guys stay safe. Um, and, and everyone out there um, who tune in, hope you guys stay safe also. Um, any last words before we close out? Man, share this share this podcast with everyone because V drops gems every every time one of these drops. So make sure you're sharing this, mm-hmm. liking this, subscribing, mm-hmm. you know, get the word out, mm-hmm. man, here and there podcast. Let's mm, get right, it trending. Man. <laughs> it ain't all that. It's some slight. It's some slight. Uh, but no, <laughs> thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Aaron. And um, thank you guys for checking it out today, man. I hope um, you guys have a great day, week, and the rest of the year. Uh, peace. Peace.